to another episode of Significant Lovers. We're Kel and Mel. We are cousins. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing this since 2018. Mm-hmm. You might know us from a Twilight podcast called Another Bite of Twilight. Mm-hmm. Now we do this show <laughs> yep. about romance, love, heartbreak, couples. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this yeah. is a podcast for anybody who someone recently said this who feels like love comes easier to everybody else but themselves. Oh, yeah, it's not true, honey. It's mm-hmm. not true. Nope. <laughs> Even for the rich and famous. Yep. For the highly sophisticated, for the stylish, <laughs> for the beautiful. It's hard. Oh my gosh, it's so hard. For everybody. Nobody knows what they're doing. And this podcast has really made me feel a lot less alone in oh. this confusing life mm-hmm. that we all have. I feel like I've just felt such compassion for people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the more it, we learn about people. Yeah. Like, if you ever feel like you're messy, like, people have been messier. Mm-hmm. If you ever feel like you just went through the worst breakup ever, someone's been through worse. Worse and survived. Yep. I'm excited. I'm so excited to record today. It feels like it's been a while. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing is, a lot of people have been getting a little uh, bold telling us lately about our voices we it was like this? four people yeah, or three i people. don't know yeah. but it's weird because we did do a podcast for years another bite of twilight mm-hmm. and no one ever said this to us maybe twilight fans are just nicer people <laughs> <laughs> but i guess this podcast reaches more people so mm-hmm. and i'm really grateful for all the new listeners we have we have really awesome new peeps yeah listening and on our patreon so thank you so much but yeah we have had a couple of people <laughs> criticizing yeah. us. So, you know, we don't need more of it. We hear you, mm-hmm. but this is who we are. <laughs> this is just how we sound. So I'm not going to a speech-language pathologist. I'm not going to change my voice. It's just how we talk. And Yep. Yeah, someone said, I sometimes talk with a baby voice. You know, I just have a youthful voice. Exactly. That's just me. <laughs> and that person also said, which this person said they... They said that we're very sweet okay, and that we research, you. which, oh, that's the part I'm going to focus on. Yeah. I did say that it sounds like I'm chewing on my Invisalign. <laughs> I don't Mel have, have an Invisalign. I don't even wear a retainer. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we've gotten a ton of super sweet messages mm-hmm. and nice reviews. And if you guys like the show, I mean, we really appreciate the review. Yes. Um, but, yeah, it happens. But yeah, we don't need any more of that. We, no all, we more. already know. No. We hear. <laughs> Hopefully they listen to this episode. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, so today's episode, it's <gasps> a tough one. It's, it's a, one that's been requested a few times, but it's quite tragic. Oh, oh God. <laughs> it is the love story of America's Prince, JFK Jr., the little boy saluting <laughs> his father's casket. <laughs> could forget him and his beautiful bride the mysterious <laughs> carolyn Bassett. sorry i'm only <laughs> laughing because of 
the bravado you put on <laughs> is very serious. No, but I'm really excited. I have always wanted to learn more about the Kennedys, mm-hmm. but I never really have. I feel like I'd like to someday sit on the beach with a big book about them. Oh, yeah. Oh, but, my gosh. But you're going to teach me a lot. Do I, I don't this? know anything. So, obviously, there's a lot of conspiracy theories about the Kennedy family. Mm. And doing this episode, it made me really understand why there are so many conspiracies. Because cause I used to think, well, oh, it's a big family. Obviously, a lot of tragedy is going to happen if you yeah. have that many people in your family. Like, bad stuff happens to everyone. Mm. But what are the odds that, like... All these people in this one family meet all these untimely, tragic public yeah. deaths. It's awful. Can't be a coincidence. No, I mean I bet there's like, some, like the J- JFK assassination. Oh yeah, of course there's a cons- like, there's something <laughs> shady going on there. Definitely. But for some reason that doesn't intrigue me as much. Like <laughs> I don't know. It's like it intrigues me, but I have never looked too far into it. Uh, my family went to Dallas a couple years ago, and the okay. only thing we did there, like the one thing we had to do, my brother was like, "We have to go to where JFK was assassinated." <gasps> it was actually so boring. Like mm. it's kind of weird that they made a whole like uh, tourist attraction. Did they have a it. plaque about it or anything? But yeah, they have a whole museum. Oh, oh about wow! It. Whoa. Interesting. It's a very sad thing. Yeah. But anyway, so this episode, I used the following source material. Ooh. Um, America's Reluctant Prince, The Life of John F. Kennedy Jr. by Stephen M. Gillen. This is the book I probably use the most. Okay. And then another book called What Remains, A Memoir of Fate, Friendship, and Love by Caroline Ratzewell, who is John's cousin's wife so john's cousin named anthony he'll come up throughout this episode okay that's john's like best friend cousin kind of like me and kelly oh and she is now a housewife on like one of those housewife shows you guys might oh know really mm-hmm. what um and then there's another book called the kennedy curse by edward klein which i think is a little controversial but i just included <laughs> there's a lot of salacious material in that as well mel how could you use that book <laughs> Get out of here. What three words would you use to describe this relationship? I would say fiery. Oh. Good looking. Nice. And tragic. Um, of course. Isn't it nice when they're good looking? I know. Oh my god, it makes all the difference. <laughs> I think, I mean, this episode really made me realize too, like, just how much people love good looking people. Yeah. Because... Like, even so true. you guys might know that, like, there's a lot of conspiracies about JFK Jr., mm. specifically with QAnon and how they believe that he's secretly alive and he's been a Trump supporter all this what? time. Like, a couple years ago, they believed that he was, like, going to come out at a rally and, like, back up Trump. And I was like, that's kind of cute that they, like, really want to <laughs> believe that. And I think it's because he's so good looking. That really? they're, like, yeah. they're like, we really want this guy to be on our side because yeah. he's, like, this all-American hunky yeah. guy. I think that's part of the appeal with the Kennedys in yeah. a way. Like, and I think people want to have a good-looking politician. Oh, 100%. <laughs> that's why, oh, my gosh, that's why the Kennedys were so popular. And, yeah. like, when JFK and Jackie hit the scene, like, they were the most stylish presidential couple yeah. that anyone had ever seen. And, like, this is the first time that, like, they had TVs right. showing the presidential family. Yeah. I mean, you have to be confident. Mm-hmm. And it is unfair. But people definitely prefer a competent person who is also nice to look at. Exactly. Easy on the eyes. <laughs> Makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I mean, you guys know who JFK Jr. was? I don't know that much. I need I need background. All right. So he <laughs> So he's obviously the son of the late JFK and his wife Jackie. He was in his mom's belly during the presidential campaign. Wow. For his dad. He was born premature on November 25th, 1965 in Washington, D.C. with an older sister, Carolyn, who's like three years older than him. And he was Mm. the youngest child to live in the White House since Esther Kennedy in 1893. Oh. And Americans just loved having kids in the White House. It was so exciting to have a little (laughs) baby in the White House. TV was such a new medium at the time. And so it suddenly felt like... It was this intertwining of politics, but also cultural stories. Mm-hmm. Like, people liked to feel close to the presidential family in a way that they had never before happened. Yeah. Makes sense. Like, public interest stories yeah. and politics were crossing over. But his parents had a pretty troubled marriage. JFK was a serial cheater. And so he definitely mm-hmm. took advantage of TV to paint this wholesome image of their family darn it Mm -hmm. and he really relied on the two little kids john who went by john john and carolyn for public support john john this author stephen gillen says that there was a steady stream of sanitized images of a mythical portrait of the kennedys that represented the ideal american family healthy happy and devoid of conflict but that obviously was not true. JFK American would, dream. He would go to parties with Jackie and then go hook up with, like, an intern <laughs> in the next room. He was really kind of sleazy. Mm-hmm. He also had a lot of health problems, too, that people didn't know about. I know. I, people want us to do them, too. We probably will someday, but yeah. I feel like it's going to be a downer. <laughs> Sad, but I do think it's like they still loved each other. Like, Jackie still yeah. loved him and would just turn a blind eye. Like, there was mm-hmm. a sense of acceptance with it. Yeah so much cheating i know but john john and his dad did have a pretty silly relationship for the couple years that they knew each other um he would hide underneath his dad's desk and he would sneak secretly take gum from him because jackie wouldn't let him chew gum Um, and jackie was also a very protective mom of john and carolyn but she did really want her kids to live a normal life and she frequently would fight with the photographers Mm. and with the press and also with the secret service and she would just really clash with them about how involved the secret service were to be in their life like even one time john had almost drowned in a pool and jackie got mad at the secret service because she didn't want them to help save the kids from drowning because she saw that as her responsibility as a mom interesting and she said that Hmm. the secret service could only step in if someone was trying to kidnap or take the kids away Oh, what? So they couldn't intervene, like, in normal accidents that could happen to every other child. I see. hmm I mean, I guess I see what she's saying, but you'd think that if they were going to die, he would want some help. Exactly. Yeah. But thankfully, he didn't drown mm-hmm. that day. <laughs> what? <gasps> Cut that out, actually. Well, I think people know. Um, I mean, his life was really marked by tragedy very early on because, as you know, his father, JFK, was fascinated when John was only just shy of three years old. Mm. Very famous picture of John saluting his dad's casket. And this author, Stephen Gillen, wrote, That salute by that little boy in the blue at his father's casket cemented the belief that John would be the natural heir to his father's legacy. 
One of John's great, greatest achievements was his ability to accept those expectations with enormous grace while never allowing them to distort his core sense of self. Mm. And so people always saw him as like a prince in a way that, I don't know, yeah. I almost feel like he, while reading this book, he was like Hamlet or Simba. Yeah. Like people just expected that someday he was going to take over for his father and be president. Mm-hmm. And of course, like he even had the same name. Right. And so there was just a huge burden placed on him at a very young age. I do think people do kind of see the Kennedys as an American royalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, there's just this closeness and familiarity with them. Yeah. After his father died, it was pretty traumatic for him. The family had to move three times in that next year. And his mom was very unavailable because she was so depressed with the grief of her husband dying. And he was described as very restless and rambunctious and mischievous. And um, some speculate that was maybe an outgrowth of the trauma that he experienced. I know that he had been on Ritalin from a very young age. Seems like he had ADHD or something. Hmm. And he was just very kind of a class clown, I guess you could say. Hmm. Um, He had a lot of cousins that he was really close with, especially his cousin Anthony Radzowell on his mom's side. Me and my cousins and you and your cousins. His mom also, like, in the grief of JFK dying, she really projected that idea of Camelot to the American people, which Mm. came from a quote that she had said. Like, for a brief second, there was Camelot, which meant that all was perfect if JFK had just not died. Hmm. This, um, like, ideal way of life for the American people would still be going on. And again, this author said that JFK Jr. symbolized a lost world, a world to which many Americans wish to return. Underlying this desire was a belief that John would one day lead the nation back to the promised land, a time that existed more in people's imaginations than in reality. Mm-hmm. And so with that <laughs> idea of Camelot, placed upon the legacy of JFK, it inadvertently burdened the expectations onto JFK Jr. that, like, someday he would carry out this uh, false reality that (laughs) people could go back to, especially with the nostalgia for the 1950s. Right. And he experienced just a lot of other trauma than his uncle Bobby Kennedy was later assassinated when John was only seven years old, which was probably even more traumatic because he actually knew Bobby and he had kind of stepped up like a second father to him. That's Um, insane. mm -hmm. Wow. And then, like, there was obviously a lot of fear that, like, the kids weren't safe and something Mm -hmm. was going to happen to them. And it just created this huge sense of anxiety throughout the rest of his childhood. I bet. Um, But some speculate that that caused him to live on the edge even more because he Mm. almost had this fearlessness about him Mm. i could die anytime Mm -hmm. who cares yeah he had the sense of like nothing really matters oh man and he also his mom remarried when he was a tween i don't know the specific age (laughs) but to a man named aristotle onassis who was this really rich uh greek man i don't know what he really did (laughs) businessman yeah and John had a somewhat complicated relationship with him, but he also died when John was only 15 years old. Jeez. And actually, John's stepbrother through that marriage, Ari, actually died in a plane crash when John was 13. So it's just a it's lot of... fucked up. Yeah, a lot of tragic things wow. happening. <gasps> Excuse my language. 
but yeah, so then as a teenager, John attended Phillips Academy where he studied acting. And he wanted to study acting professionally in college, but Jackie wouldn't let him. She actually submitted his college oh. application to Brown University where he studied pre-law. He also played rugby and was in a frat and acted in a few plays. Um, I didn't know he was an actor. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Whoa. He was really a renaissance man. He did a lot <laughs> of different things. Um, he was described as, in school as uh, having attention deficit, being popular, warm and funny, humble, adventurous, a lover of life. He had an ironic <laughs> sense of humor and loved telling stories. He didn't take himself too seriously. Mm. He was handsome, a gym buff, Whoa. always working on his body, never met a mirror he didn't like. <laughs> Six one with rock solid abs. Okay. Metro good. Yeah. <laughs> Metrosexual. <laughs> he loved getting facials. Really? Mm-hmm. And he was just extremely patient with people. Like people would come up and grab him and talk about him. Some people would even heckle him, like say bad things about his dad, and he never really reacted to it. He wow. kind of had a... Uh, what a chill dude. Mm-hmm. He seems like a really popular guy. Like, <laughs> I definitely would But have in a, a good way? Yeah, in a good way. Mm. Like, he was the kind of popular guy that's, like, still nice to people. That's nice. Mm-hmm. He was Ooh. invited to everything. Um, and before dating Carolyn, he was a little bit of a womanizer. He'd often overlap <laughs> with his girlfriends... Womanizer, womanizer, womanizer. But I guess his reasoning for that was to throw off the press so they wouldn't know who he was dating. Mm-hmm. But he always had to seem like he was in a relationship mm-hmm. so people wouldn't hound him. I feel like that's just an excuse. But um, he dated Madonna for six months in the 80s. What? I guess she later said that he had a frightening temper. Mm. And he, in the mid-90s, had a really serious relationship with an actress, Christina Hag, or Haig. He also dated Sarah Jessica Parker for six months in the 90s. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And... What? Yeah, and then he dated Daryl Hannah, the actress from that movie Steel Magnolias. Oh, I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. Ugh. <laughs> I wish that I was having an easier time talking. Mm. Okay, so then, who is Carolyn? Carolyn. Carolyn. <laughs> this is really confusing because there's Carol... Radswell, who wrote that book, and yeah. then there's also his sister, Caroline, and then there's Carolyn. That is confusing. So these Carol, Carolyn, Caroline. These women are really gonna <laughs> cause some confusion throughout <laughs> this episode. But Carolyn was born on January seventh, nineteen sixty-six, in White Plains, New York. I guess that makes her a Capricorn. She was very mm-hmm. into astrology, actually, and would always guess people's signs when she met them. So that's important to her. We all know someone like that, mm-hmm. don't we? She liked to read people. <laughs> uh, her dad, William, was a kitchen designer, and her mom, oh, Anne, cool. was a school admin, and she had two older sisters who were twins, Lisa and Lauren. They were two years older than her. And when she was just six years old, her parents divorced, and her dad had left her mom, and I don't think she had a close relationship with him after that, and then mm. her mom remarried in 1973 to a chief of orthopedic surgery and um, the family moved to old Greenwich, Connecticut. Fancy. And Carolyn went to St. Mary's High School in Connecticut and she was voted the ultimate beautiful person. (laughs) She was remembered as being incredibly sweet and dated the star of the football player. She was very, very popular. Whoa. Okay, Mm -hmm. we got two popular kids. Yes. But unfortunately... (laughs) So then she went to Boston University, and her reputation wasn't good there. Why? 
I don't know. I don't know. There's a in lot. What way? Okay, like, there's going to be a lot of negative stuff about Carolyn in this episode. And it makes me feel bad because she died so young and, like, Ugh. it's like she never got a chance to tell her story. Ugh. And then I was yeah. I took an edible, like, when I was, <laughs> after putting all this research together, and I was getting really paranoid, like, not to go back to the conspiracies, but what if... I want to hear it. I don't know, like, the Kennedy family has just so much power and influence, like, is it possible that they, for whatever reason, would have wanted to paint Carolyn in a negative light? Oh, do you think this information came out after she was with him or after well, she a, died? A lot of it did come out while she was with him, too. Okay. But I don't know if that's just because their relationship was breaking down so much. That, mm. like, do you think it's possible they, like, wanted her to seem like a bad guy in the relationship? I think it's possible. It's <sighs> reminding me of you, like, you know, that family in the, the show you. <laughs> new season? Yeah. Where it's, like, they have so much influence and they can, yeah. like, they can just get a guy and, like, change the story. Like, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. really making it's me paranoid. Possible. I felt the same way in the Marilyn episode because it was so sad that she died. But then I was like, oh, yeah, she was cheating. <laughs> it's, it's just sad because it's, like, she died. I'm not, not to jump ahead, but, like, she died when she was so young that, like, at that age, you are really messy, and there is, yeah. like, stuff that you're figuring out, and, like, mm-hmm. to die at a time like that, like, you just never really get the chance to look back at your life and be like, wow, I was really yeah. in a rough place then, or, you know, I made some mistakes. Like, yeah. you just don't have that perspective that you would later on, so. Totally. I think that people don't know what they're doing mm-hmm. in their early 20s yeah. <laughs> as someone who mm-hmm. is not that far from it. <laughs> But even, like, people that kind of overlap relationships and stuff, it's like, oh, they're just figuring it out. Exactly, No, it's not, like, the worst sin in the world. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, what was the reputation? Like, was she bullying people? Was she... she Well, so she wasn't in any clubs or did any sports. That's not a big deal. She never made Dean's List. Who cares? That's fine. Yeah. But she, she was very much known for her active social life, dating a lot of influential men on campus, and... People would describe her as a boyfriend stealer. Oh. Um, I guess a friend she worked (laughs) with remembered that she had one time said, well, a friend said that it didn't matter if the men that she desired were already in relationships. Carolyn had apparently once plotted to steal her boyfriend, so her friend's friend, Mm. her friend's boyfriend, who was a hockey player, and she would pretend to be humble and then turn around and be a complete snob when she was hanging out with the fashion people. Oh. And while at BU, she worked at the Calvin Klein store in Chestnut Hill. Oh. And a friend that she worked with remembers that she asked who her dream guy was, and Carolyn responded, John F. Kennedy Jr., I'm going to get him. I'm going to move to New York, and I'm going to get him. How do people always do this? Know. It's the crazy. power of manifestation. I know. Wow. You know, okay, that's really shitty of her, and I'm not excusing it, people. But she probably was really insecure. Mm hmm. Yeah. That's the only reason people act that way. Yeah, exactly. It gives them a power trip. Yeah. But deep down, she was probably so insecure about Mm -hmm. herself that she had to put up this fake self. Yeah. That makes me really sad, though, because she was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Especially to be voted by her high school as the ultimate beautiful person. That's true. Why are you so insecure? (laughs) I don't know. 
But maybe a lot of people who are always regarded for their looks, like, they don't know what else to fall back on. Yeah, yeah, true. So. I mean, she might need constant validation mm-hmm. that people still think she's attractive, yeah. or it's still working, blah, blah, blah. That's so true. You know? I guess when asked what she wanted to do with her life, she said, I want to be famous. Maybe if I hook up with the right guy, I'm going to be famous. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm going to be famous. <laughs> you can sell this for, for a million, million dollars because I'm going to be famous. That's from Degrassi. So she received her degree in early childhood education. Didn't really use that, though, because <laughs> after graduation, she did marketing for clubs and continued to work at the Calvin Klein store, where she was then spotted by the president of Calvin, Klein, Calvin Klein's women's collection, and he invited her to move to New York, where what? she would have a job accompany, accommodating <laughs> celebrity clients. Just she because was so she was good-looking. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. She just had this essence about her that was so attractive to people. And she wasn't wow. intimidated by any celebrities. She just acted very nonchalant and chill around them. How did she get this confident? I mean, I it sounds know. like her parents were wealthy, but, like, kitchen designer. I don't get it. I'm not sure. <laughs> I really don't know. And she had a she had a little bit of a fiery personality. So mm. before dating John, she had been in a relationship with the Calvin Klein model named Michael Burgeon. And wow. in this one article with the writer of that book, The Kennedy Curse, he had apparently said there was one time when Carolyn saw me at a bar lighting a cigarette for an ex-girlfriend. Carolyn <laughs> came over, pushed the girl out of the way, got in my face and screamed and yelled at me and even drew a little blood from my face. I went home and two minutes later, Carolyn was at my door. I had to let her in or she would have knocked the whole building down. I had these tall, heavy wow. religious candles, candles and she threw one through the window, smashing the window pane <gasps> and another at the mirror above the fireplace mantle, which shattered. Then she knocked the television set and VCR onto the floor and jumped on my VCR and squashed it. Oh my god. <laughs> I think I just fried the mic. <laughs> Caroline, oh, rest in peace. I know. I just. Uh, but that's so bad. I know. That's Reminds really me bad. Lindsay Lohan <laughs> breaking windows. Wow. Well, you know, it's entertaining. Yep. No, For us. It is. <laughs> Again, Sucks like, for she's, them, she's but young, she's in yeah. her 20s, she's figuring stuff out. But in VCR at that time was a lot of yeah. money. Yeah. If you knew someone like that, I'm sorry, you would not stand them, probably. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> so, but I think that kind of personality, like, really attracted John to her. Because mm. he liked a little wild side in his yeah. movies. Because he was yeah. a little wild, too. He Seems... loved to live on the edge. Right. He probably liked that. Mm-hmm. So they met at a Paul Newman charity event, and I'm not really sure, since Carolyn had said that she always wanted to meet him, like, I wonder if she somehow, Mm. like, met someone through her job and, like, arranged for them to meet at this. Maybe. Just seems too serendipitous to be a coincidence. But they're both somewhat in relationships, so (laughs) Carolyn was dating that Calvin Klein model, Michael Burgeon, Mm -hmm. so kind of a new relationship, and John had been in a relationship with Daryl Hannah, the Steel um, Magnolias actress. I bet that didn't stop either of them. It didn't. <laughs> John was instantly attracted to Carolyn's mesmerizing charm and how independently minded she was and not afraid to voice opinions without seeming nervous around him. Mm. This Vanity Fair article 
by Edward Klein says, John once told a friend, I'm attracted to strong-willed women like my mother. <laughs> Very Freudian. <laughs> Carolyn was not just a strong-willed woman. She could be demanding, do- domineering, and according to even her best friends, downright bitchy. Some people felt that John overlooked her faults because he was blinded by her glamorous Jackie O style. In her own edgy, modern way, Carolyn was as chic as Jackie. She dressed with the simple elegance that John adored. Like the ethereal Jackie, Carolyn affected an air of mystery and unavailability, which drove the media crazy and sustained the public frenzy that John found exciting and fun. And like Jackie, Carolyn was very controlling, which made him feel protected and cared for. (laughs) Downright bitchy. (laughs) So after meeting at that charity event... John then went to the Calvin Klein store and got styled by her, and he purchased three suits. Wow. And then he even asked her on a date. He got tickets to a play, but Carolyn actually got stuck at work and never called, never showed up. Oh, she stood him up? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And that really attracted John <laughs> to her even more, because oh he's used to women throwing themselves at him, and then suddenly this woman is acting like she doesn't really care at all. Wow. But she actually did care. I feel like that should be a red flag, but mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, apparently, Carolyn would tell her friends, like, oh, I don't care about him. And then she would stay home and, like, sit by the phone and wait for him right. to call. Of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, so, uh, Carol Radswell, Anthony's wife, remembers that one time they were all at their summer house. I to forget where it was. Maybe in the Cape or somewhere. Mm-hmm. And um, she saw Carolyn, like, sneak out of John's room one night but apparently that was very short-lived because then they both went back to their prospective relationships john kept dating uh daryl hannah for the next two years Mm, and two years mm -hmm. and carolyn kept dating her boyfriend michael michael virgin yeah virgin (laughs) i like that name (laughs) so they stayed in touch though like they were kind of in similar orbits. I think John always mm. kept tabs on Carolyn to see what she was up to. Keep her on the back burner. Mm-hmm. No, keep, kept, keep her as an option. So then it's 1994, and sadly, <gasps> Jackie was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And mm. she had a very short battle with that, um, and she had died in May, which really affected John. And that oh, put man. a huge strain on his relationship with his girlfriend, Daryl Hannah, because, and I feel bad for Daryl, because her dog had just died, and mm. then her other dog was dying, and she was so distracted by that, that John was really mad that he couldn't, she wasn't really there for him mm. when his mom was dying, which I totally get, like, that's even yeah. worse. Yeah. But I just feel bad, because, like, my, like, my dog had just died, that is very mm. emotional, and I feel yeah. like she just, like, couldn't control her emotions. Yeah. Why were both her dogs dying at the same time? I don't know. Wow. So I guess, like, one of Jackie's last weekends, she made John, like, come to a funeral for the dog, and, mm. like, that really pissed him off, I guess. Mm-hmm. But he didn't even really know that Jackie was going to die, but that just put a huge strain yeah. on their relationship, and it made him realize, like, how he wants to settle down and be with <laughs> someone serious. Yeah. And I don't know if, like, Carolyn reminds him of his mom thing, yeah. but it seems like that was a turning point in his romantic yeah. life. Well, I think when really serious, huge things like that mm-hmm. happen, you do kind of evaluate your whole life, and it puts things into perspective. So yeah, exactly. Makes sense. So then he broke it off with Daryl and started 
chasing after Carolyn. Wow. Um, he heard that she liked to party a lot, and he asked <laughs> a mutual friend to investigate. <laughs> and the friend went back to him and said she does a lot of coke. She stays out late at night. She gets with a lot of different guys. And he told wow. John to be careful, but John ignored the advice <laughs> and told Carolyn what the friend said. Well, <laughs> <laughs> How did this friend do that? I don't know. I think John's got eyes and ears what? everywhere. Did somebody actually physically go to these parties and observe? So. Oh my I god! I think so. That's Imagine kind of having fun. that much influence that you can say like, "Can you spy on this person?" I know. Find. Uh, Sometimes um, I want to be a spy. I know. <laughs> I, I would love to try to be a private investigator. Yeah. yeah. That could be fun. I know. Um, Probably can be dangerous, but. Yeah, it's true. Maybe spy, I think, is dangerous, but being a private investigator, I don't know. I, I think Probably I'd be really good at that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a lot of waiting in your car, though. Yeah. <laughs> no. Our grandparents. Career change? Our grandparents hired a private investigator one time both of our grandparents yeah our mutual grandparents why because our aunt was getting cheated on oh i didn't know they did that yeah you didn't know oh, that no should i, I not didn't. say that on the show <sighs> it's fine yeah <laughs> i thought my mom just acted as a private investigator <laughs> no they hired one wow maybe i shouldn't say so that why do they need an additional additional coverage by my mom I no i think your mom just maybe she wasn't satisfied with the job the investigator was doing i know it's bad to be like nosy and stalking someone but i i think it's warranted if I someone's have, having an affair yeah i have yeah. the urge to do something like that right now is there a situation no there isn't a situation okay, but yeah. i just want something like that to happen and then i can yeah. investigate mm-hmm. I'm, yeah but i would want to do it for some like a party that I'm not as emotionally invested mm. in. Like I would hate to be investigating for a friend and then have to break the news to yeah. them that you're getting cheated on. Yeah, mm-hmm. it would be fun to be involved in a stranger situation. Yeah, though. I feel like I just haven't had anything that suspicious happen in within my social circle. Mm, yeah, <laughs> that's a good thing. Yeah, it's very. Funny. <laughs> I think then Carolyn was like, "You shouldn't hang out with that friend anymore." She was very offended. Mm. Um, anyway, John considered her the first girlfriend who he could see beyond the veneer, who could see beyond the veneer of his fame and celebrity. Oh, and then in nice. that November, John introduced Carolyn to his sister Caroline and her husband Ed. And Carol Ratzewell <laughs> says that this interaction was awkward, and that <laughs> Carolyn gave John a warm hug, and then just said to Carolyn, "Nice to meet you," and that Carolyn supposed Caroline supposedly didn't like that Carolyn was a big partier and very opinionated. Mm. Like, she kind of already got off on their own foot with the family. I see. Mm-hmm. But things were getting pretty serious very soon. That spring, Carolyn moved into John's Tribeca apartment, his Tribeca Lucky. penthouse. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. And then that summer, <clears throat> for the 4th of July, they went to Martha's Vineyard, and John invited Carolyn to go fishing. And she was not a nature girl. She didn't like fishing. She really didn't want to go. Hmm. But she did. And then on the boat, John got down on one knee and said, <gasps> fishing is so much better with a partner and pulled out a replica of his mother's engagement ring. Wow. Mm-hmm. And Carolyn didn't say yes right away, but oh. she wore the ring anyway and <laughs> told friends that they'd eventually get married. 
and apparently she just wasn't in a hurry. She was only 29 years old, and Carol Radswell theorized that Carolyn would have preferred to be secretly engaged forever without having to actually get married, and she thought that the fantasy would be better than the reality of Interesting. it. Interesting. I'm surprised, and she was so crazy about him. I know. I guess she really worried about the expectations that would be placed on her mm. once she got with him. Mm-hmm. And she really worried that he, he saw her as a replica of his own mom. And she would say to him, I'll never be your mother. Mm-hmm. Which is a lot. I mean, she didn't want to have to be Jackie O <laughs> to the public. Yeah. I can picture this so well. Just on the ocean, there's like an American flag rippling off the boat. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh. probably was really American. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, and I guess he saw marriage as a gateway to living a more normal life and thinking that the press would lose interest in him. I could see why he would think that. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't really happen that way at all. Oh. But, um, and then three weeks later, Carolyn officially accepted the proposal and they only told a few close friends. But did the word get out? Yes. So then on Labor Day, the New York Post ran a story with a close-up shot of her ring just days before John was going to announce the launch of his new magazine, George. Oh. Which this magazine was a long time coming for him. It was this idea of cool. bridging, not gossip news stories, but public interest news stories with politics and style mm-hmm. and fashion and just putting that all together. This reminds me of Nate on Gossip Girl when he randomly launched a yeah. newspaper. Literally. <laughs> the Spectator. Yeah, like, it's gossip, but more serious. Yeah, no, that's literally what it is. <laughs> they must have gone. Yeah, because yeah. Nate was supposed to be from a family like that, yeah, too. Yeah, no, literally. <laughs> yeah, because plus, too, when he was launching it, people were like, you've never even worked in publishing. What are you doing? <laughs> and, but he just felt like he had to, like, do something else. That's so yeah. Nate. Yes, literally, that's wow. what it's like. He was a lawyer, but he didn't like it oh. and gave it up. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So he was worried. So his business partner was another man named Michael. He feared that the news of the engagement would distract from the launch of the magazine, which I almost feel like that could help the magazine. I know, right? I don't know. So they wanted to sink the story. So John <laughs> had his assistant, Rosemary, deny the engagement and say that it was just a promise ring. <laughs> oh, classic. Yes. What is with these promise rings? That's, no, but that's why I think that maybe celebrities really are engaged, oh. but they say they're it's a promise, promise ring. rings to throw the public off. Maybe. Who actually does promise mm-hmm. rings this day and age? I thought all press was good press. I know, me too. I thought mm. that would just draw more attention. So, the, <laughs> yeah, the um, assistant said, Once again, John Kennedy seems to be bearing the brunt of a slow news day. The stories circulating regarding an engagement are untrue. He's not engaged. While it is not our habit to comment on John's personal life, the story seems to have taken a life of its own, and we feel it necessary to respond, which I think that draws more mm-hmm. intrigue to it. Like, I know. 
that's really mysterious that you have to come out and deny this story. Yeah. And I guess Caroline was not happy about it, but she understood. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. But then it makes you wonder, like, oh, are things rocky? Like, what's going on? Yeah, Why exactly. Aren't also, what did you expect if you're wearing the ring? I know. <laughs> I just get stuck on the last episodes we did, but does that mean John and Katie were engaged? I know, that, that does make me wonder. Who else had a promise ring? Oh, I think. Oh, what? Wasn't it Rob and FKA Twigs? Yeah, yeah they were really yeah. engaged. They were really engaged. But yeah, I think before the news came out, they did say it was a promise ring. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, they must yeah. have been just engaged. Yeah. But so there's evidence that their relationship was pretty rocky also early on. Um. So in February of 1996 in Washington Square Park, there was an infamous event where they were <laughs> spotted publicly fighting. So they had been walking their dog Friday <laughs> and holding hands. And then Carolyn stopped in her tracks and started yelling at John. And then he started yelling at her with his finger in his in her face. And she <gasps> grabbed the back of his neck. And then he grabbed her wrist and they were wrestling in front of people. So New York. Mm-hmm. And then she tried to he tried to rip her engagement ring from her finger. Oh my god. And then she tried to leave with the dog. And John shouted, you've got my ring. You're not getting my dog. (gasps) And then after, Carolyn was seen consoling him on the curb, and then they left holding hands. But there's even footage of this uh, happening. Whoa, I got to see that at some point. Mm -hmm. And apparently, John had been casually invited to be the best man in a wedding of a guy that he barely knew. And they had been seated next to a New York Times editor at that wedding. And so... Carolyn, you know, presumed that the only reason he was even invited to the wedding in the first place was so that the bride could get a story written about her in the New York Times. Uh-huh. So Carolyn always thought that people were just using John for his fame and his notoriety, and she felt like people were always taking advantage of him, and she got mad that he didn't hmm. storm out of the wedding to make a big stink about it. Hmm. She always thought that he wasn't sticking up for himself. I don't know why they would get so riled up about that though i know that is interesting that he went through with it i know being the best man for someone he hardly knew i know i don't think that he suspected that it was a the person had ulterior motives till he was actually at the wedding wow but then he was nice about it and stayed and she got mad that he didn't storm out but i mean that would be way worse yeah he is aware that he has to keep up his reputation Mm -hmm. he can't look ungrateful or whatever for his privilege and celebrity, so. No. Yeah. Um, but that really bothered her. But during this time, they're also planning their wedding in secret, which is planned for September. And Carolyn flies to Paris, and she's photographed out at a restaurant with her wedding dress designer, and the press thinks that she's having an affair with the designer, which makes her thrilled because <laughs> people are not even suspecting anything. It makes her thrilled. (laughs) So then their wedding is in September on the Cumberland Island, which is a small island off the coast of Georgia. And they have their wedding at the First African Baptist Church, which is a very small wedding or small church. There's only 11 wooden pews. There's no air conditioning or electricity. Wow. That's cute. Yeah, it's very secret and intimate. There's only 40 guests. Wow. Um, the wedding party gets dressed up in a small house near the chapel, and John even invites the elderly maid to be at the wedding, which is mm. crazy because there's, like, barely anybody at this big That's wedding. That's nice. Mm-hmm. 
And apparently John is late to the wedding because he can't find his shirt. So it ends up getting really what? dark and the guests had to use flashlights and candles to light the room. Oh, that's cool. And it was lightly showering outside. And apparently Carolyn, no, Caroline, John's sister, <laughs> made snide comments about the fact that Carolyn was late to her own wedding, which I thought John was the reason they were late, but hmm. she didn't like that. And she also didn't like that Carolyn wore heels on the beach. And apparently this led to them not getting along later on. Why does that matter? I don't know. Heels on the beach. I think I think Car- Caroline just probably got a bad vibe from Carolyn. Yeah. Especially yeah. since she seemingly was temperamental. Yeah. Mm. Maybe she felt like she was ruining the heels or something. And Maybe. Thought that but was bratty. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was like their family money. Wait, it was probably her family's. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> but so then John's cousin, Anthony, who's the best man, he gave a speech and said, we all know why John would marry Carolyn. She is smart, beautiful, and charming. So what does she see in John, a person who over the years has taken pleasure in teasing me, <laughs> playing nasty tricks, and in general torturing me? Well, some of the things that I guess might have attracted Carolyn to John are his caring, his charm, and his very big heart of gold. It might sound corny, but it is true love, and it has brought all of us who love john a great deal of happiness knowing that he will have someone as special as carolyn by his side for the rest of his life oh mm-hmm. i don't think we've ever had any wedding speeches on this podcast yeah that might be the first I think one we've had access wow i know i don't know how people even know what he said because there was no paparazzi or mm. reporters at this wedding but then afterwards they released a statement to the associated press about it so word got out. Wow. And they went to Turkey for their honeymoon, and they had hoped that when they got back, John's celebrity would die down because now he's a married man and no one's going to care about him anymore. Yeah. But the complete opposite happened. The paparazzi was now obsessed with them. Wow. And every single day, there was 80 to 20 photographers camped outside their apartment mm. just waiting to snap a picture of them. And apparently, a photo of them could sell for, like, $20,000 just for wow. a single photo. Oh my god. And it got so bad that John and Carolyn had a press conference where he asked paparazzi to leave them alone and he said this is a big change for anyone for a private citizen even more so. I just ask for any privacy or room you could give her as she makes that adjustment it would be greatly appreciated. But wow. that only fed into the frenzy even more because Carolyn suddenly was very mysterious to the people and everybody wanted to know mm. more about her mm-hmm. and even ralph lauren said every time you design something or create something think of carolyn the set wow i actually just bought this new york magazine that was like 100 years of it girls mm. and i think she was one of them yeah yeah the people were obsessed with them their first formal outing was at the whitney museum gala and they were crowned by the New York Post hmm. as New York's king and queen. Wow. And once again, she was compared to Jackie Kennedy. <laughs> um, but Carolyn instantly was having a really tough time with this new fame. It's kind of weird because it seemed like she wanted to be famous. Yeah, she said, I want to be famous. Mm-hmm. I, don't, mm. I don't think she really realized like the reality of it. And I think like she didn't have a personality that was actually good for fame. Because she was really paranoid about people digging up things from her past and looking into her um, 
you know, painting her in a bad light. Like, yeah, even it had come out that she had illegally subletted her old apartment <laughs> years before, and that just made her really paranoid about what other stuff they're gonna dig up about her. That's so random. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it's that classic saying: "Be careful what you wish for." Really. <laughs> And she grew more reclusive, and she wasn't really willing to leave the apartment, but that made people even more obsessed with her because they really wanted to know, like, who yeah. she was. She was just so mysterious. Wow. It, girl. Mm-hmm. Really. And John and her fought a lot, and they had a, a lot of different things that they fought about. The first was Carolyn resented a lot of John's friends because, like I said, she thought that they were taking advantage of him mm. and that they all had hidden agendas, and they probably did. <laughs> and she tried to limit his contact with a lot of different people. One of the biggest ones was John's business partner, Michael. Hmm. He found Carolyn to be very controlling and paranoid, especially because of her co- cocaine usage. And he didn't like how much time she spent at the office for the George magazine. (laughs) And apparently she inserted herself into a lot of different things. Hmm. And one of her friends told Edward Klein, the author of The Kennedy Curse, she thought Michael wasn't on the up and up and that he had a vested interest in her husband. She poisoned John's relationship with Michael. I heard her tell John, I don't believe Michael is your real friend. The only reason he's close to you is because you're John F. Kennedy Jr. Mm. And this tension between Michael and Carolyn got so bad that it ended up leading to a huge fallout between Michael and JFK Jr., which signaled a lot of troubles at the magazines. I bet. I think Michael really was doing the majority of the work. Oh, my God. And without him by his side, the magazine just really started to crumble. Do you think she was right, or was she just paranoid and starting fights? I I don't, I mean, maybe, but I think, I, I, I mean, a lot of people did tell the press negative stories about Carolyn, so mm. obviously, I'm sure there were a lot of people who John couldn't trust. Yeah. And I don't think that anybody could really, if you're that famous, like, you always probably have to be wary of a lot of different people. But was there anybody he could trust? Well, so he also had his assistant, Rosemary, who was very, very loyal to him. And Carolyn tried to get her fired because what? she was really jealous of Rosemary. And she hated how much he trusted her. And because he, she felt like Rose was more loyal to John than to Carolyn. Like Carolyn would tell Rosemary stuff and say, don't tell John, don't tell him. And then she would. She was John's She was assistant. his assistant. Yeah, yeah not yours. Mm-hmm. I get probably everybody was trying to take advantage of him, but it is kind of shitty to act like you're. I'm the only person you can trust. Exactly, you know? yeah. But then I will say Rosemary did later end up writing a book about them <laughs> called Fairytale Interrupted. So it does make you wonder, like, <laughs> could she really be trusted? Um, Can you trust anybody in this godforsaken world? Everyone who wrote a book about them was like, I'm doing it to keep their legacy alive and to tell their story because they're not here to do so. Hmm. But they do tell us some very salacious <laughs> things. So it does make you wonder, like, how much did you get paid for this book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But, you know, they were probably more regular people, mm-hmm. especially an assistant. Yeah. Maybe they needed a book. So Rosemarie said in her book, 
John's, in, John's insensitivity was the biggest catalyst of their arguments. Carolyn would decline invitations from friends because John said he was coming home for dinner. So she would wait and wait and wait while he worked late and went to the uh. gym and then waltzed into the apartment way past dinner time. Another classic scenario was when he would spring important information on her at the last minute, mm. such as, oh, by the way, the Whitney benefit is in two days or I'm bringing <laughs> a friend home for dinner right now. That. It wasn't mean-spirited or on his part. He was simply as disorganized and clueless as a kid. That bugs me too. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and I'm apparently he was very absent because of his magazine, especially since it was struggling a lot. Mm. And Carolyn would do anything she could to get his attention because of this. And he would call her during the day and she'd refuse to answer. And she would go out and go somewhere and not tell him where she was going. Mm. <laughs> a lot of cat and mouse things going on. Yeah. <laughs> they also had very different interests. He was very active and adventurous. And, um, you know, he loved to go, you know, mountain climbing. And he loved planes. He was getting his pilot license. He mm. just loved, like, all those manly stuff, yeah, you know. fishing, sailing. Mm-hmm. But she was becoming more and more recluse, especially with the fame. And he had told a friend, I can't just come home and talk about the dog and the cat all evening. <laughs> and then sometimes he would come home and she would have all of her model fashion friends over and they would just be doing cocaine and stuff <laughs> in the living room and that really pissed him off. So they really clashed about their plans. Oh, man. That's a classic thing to fight about, though. Mm-hmm. It's pretty normal. They also really clashed about having kids. He was really ready to be a father, and he had apparently already nicknamed or named their hypothetical future son Flynn. That's cute. I know, it is a cute <laughs> name. Flynn. 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 <laughs> um, but she didn't want to have kids yet. She was very afraid of the media attention that kids would bring on to them further, and she didn't want to have to worry about taking care of kids that would also be in the public eye. Hmm. And they also fought about her spending habits. Apparently, she was very warm and generous with her money. Um, She would buy very expensive gifts for the George staff, like very expensive gifts. She would leave very large tips at every restaurant they went to. Um, And she was very nice, too. At this time, John's cousin, Anthony, he was battling cancer. Mm -hmm. And um, she was a really solid source of support for both Anthony and his wife, Carol, who had written a book about them. And she would attend all his doctor visits with them. And she was very close with them. But um, she was very generous, though. And John didn't like how much she was spending. Mm. Sounds nice. Mm -hmm. But maybe she was overdoing it. Yeah, I think it was a little careless at times Hmm. then in 1997 princess diana's death really exasperated carolyn's fears of the paparazzi even more and apparently she would say that she was really worried Hmm. that the same thing would happen to her that happened to diana which is just kind of ironic because literally it's like she's the american princess yeah and being ostracized ostracized by the press all the time Mm -hmm. and john worried about carolyn a lot but he also was very frustrated frustrated with her inability to adjust and cope with the situation because he grew up with this lifestyle so he didn't really understand how difficult it could be for someone who didn't yeah wasn't used to it sounds similar to charles and diana Mm -hmm. 
in that way. Yeah. He was like, just get over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the sooner you accept it, the better. Yeah. But she couldn't accept it. Uh. And she became very fixated, too, on her physical appearance and would, you know, like, was very obsessed with dyeing her hair and mm. dieting. And she would self-medicate with cocaine all the time, which added to her <laughs> paranoia. And then in 2004... Carolyn's ex-boyfriend, Michael Burgeon, remember the Calvin Klein model, he revealed that he and Carolyn had actually maintained a close friendship after their breakup and would talk on the phone often, and that Mm. she felt she could always rely on him to be there while John was absent, and that in 1997, they started seeing each other again, (gasps) and she actually went to LA and they met up and slept together. <gasps> Michael Virgin. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect that. Yep. And then around Thanksgiving, they met up at a Connecticut motel. <gasps> and they had what? sex again. <gasps> and then when John was away on a trip to Iceland, Carolyn spent 11 days in LA with him. <gasps> and then once, John <clears throat> even showed up at their apartment in Tribeca and... Michael was in bed with her. What? And she sent Michael down, like, to get away. Like, he, John didn't catch them or anything, but they were rendezvousing it up. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And Michael apparently said that the reason he's telling people this now is <laughs> because a lot of bad things have been said about Carolyn, and so he wants people to know what a lovely person she was. And I guess he had to you know, <laughs> tell people how close they were because of that. But I don't think this makes her look any better, I know. Michael. I don't know if that helps. <laughs> she was having an affair with me. But she was a great person. <laughs> I knew her better than anybody. She was a lovely woman. <laughs> and a great lover. Yeah, <laughs> He could have kept that to himself, I think. Yeah. It doesn't... I mean, selfishly, I'm... Mm-hmm deliciously happy we know it but he could have just said like we maintained a friendship yeah and she's a great person yeah and apparently john's friends verified the reports after the book came out because john had confessed to them his fears that they were having an affair oh wow Mm -hmm. so was john ever having an affair so carolyn told michael that she thought that apparently in 1998 Carolyn broke down and told Michael that she was in love with Michael and that she confessed to him that she thought that John was having an affair. And Michael asked Mm. her why she thought that, and she said, I don't know, I just do. Hmm. There's no evidence that he had an affair, but apparently there were rumors that maybe he was seeing his ex, Daryl Hannah, again. What? But no one really knows. They're both (laughs) possibly (laughs) seeing their exes. This foursome. Mm -hmm. But John... Uh, John's friends apparently said that he confessed to them that he wished he could cheat on her, but he couldn't humiliate her like his father did to his mother. Um, that's nice. That's nice, but I don't know if I buy that. <laughs> um, and also, wait, so he wanted to cheat on no, her? No, you're already going to say that. But we do think on this podcast, if one person's cheating... If one person cheats, then the other person can do yeah. it. <laughs> but I just feel like he's probably better at hiding his cheating. Yeah, because maybe. Because he knows how to play the media. Yeah. And he has more people willing to be on his side because he has more influence. I'd be pretty amazed if he never did. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he also said that Carolyn viewed marriage like men do and that she was cynical because of the way that her father had left her mother. Aww. But John felt very desperate with how reclusive and paranoid she was. 
Staff members at George said that he was very grouchy and it was clear that there were issues at home. And he had a very close friend named Sasha from, I think, all the way back in high school. And it was kind of almost like a Mindy and BJ situation. Mm. He actually even insisted on being the godfather to both of Sasha's children. Interesting. But from what I can tell, it was mostly platonic, but he would confide in Sasha about their relationship issues. Interesting. Wow. Which I don't like that. <laughs> Sasha. What's what's this Sasha? Mm-hmm. And he begged Sasha to get Carolyn out of the apartment for a glass of wine. And apparently she did in the first question that carolyn asked sasha over wine was how do you keep passion in the relationship when you've been with someone for a long time and sasha said well that's not something that you need to worry about since you haven't been together that long (laughs) (laughs) damn i know and apparently carolyn would tell friends that john wasn't her type and that she wasn't sexually attracted to him I thought he was super good looking. I know. <laughs> it seemed like, again, careful what you wish for. Like, yeah. it seems like she was chasing him for all these years, but then she couldn't handle the reality oh my God. of being with him. And it made her resent him and lose attraction for him. Wow. He was actually voted the sexiest man alive in 1988. So the fact that she said that she didn't even find him sexy. Wow. That's insane. Mm-hmm. No, wow. See, guys, it can happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh, my God. No, things are really not great. So, so then sad. in 1999, he persuaded Carolyn to see a psychiat- psychiatrist, and he made sure that she started taking antidepressant medications. And to amuse her, he flew her to a romantic hideaway for a romantic vacation to hopefully try to mend things. But that March, they hit a breaking point. They started attending couples counseling together. Mm-hmm. And in one session in that July, that July, Carolyn stormed out of the session after her drug use came up. And she started sleeping in the spare room. And then he started staying at the Stanhope Hotel in Manhattan. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. So things, it just seems like, are kind of at a breaking point now. And on uh, July, I think, 13th, Carolyn's sister, Lauren, arranges for them to all have drinks at the hotel to try to mend things between them. Neither of them are really in the mood to talk, and they just kind of sit there in silence in the lobby of the hotel. Hmm. And Lauren asks them to hold hands, but they (laughs) refuse. But then she insisted, and they hold hands reluctantly. I don't know how people know this. That's sweet of Lauren. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how do they know? Yeah, I think Lauren was really (laughs) stressed about everything going on with her sister and Mm. she wanted to help them work on their marriage that's sweet and so that weekend john's cousin rory was getting married in hyannis and carolyn really didn't want to go to the wedding she didn't want to be there with john and she also didn't really like the kennedy family and she really felt like an outsider among them Mm. but lauren insisted that she should go to support john especially since his cousin anthony was unfortunately dying of cancer Hmm. and because everything going on with his magazine and he was under a lot of stress. And Lauren said, I'll go with you. I'll ride in the plane with you. And that was the only thing that convinced Carolyn to go to the wedding. Mm -hmm. And so the plan was that they were going to fly to Martha's Vineyard and drop Lauren off in Martha's Vineyard to be with her friends for the weekend and then they would go to Hyannis for the wedding. Okay. 
so that evening, actually, John even called up a friend while in the Stanhope Hotel and confessed all the problems going on in his marriage. Wow. He was lying on his bed and said, it's falling apart. Everything is falling apart. He said, I want to have kids, but whenever I raise this subject with Carolyn, she turns away and refuses to have sex with me. <gasps> he also said, it's not just about sex. It's impossible to talk to Carolyn about anything. We've become like total strangers. Mm. Oh my God. And then the next day on July 16th, they were supposed to fly out of New Jersey during the day, but Lauren got delayed with work. And then there was a lot of traffic, so they didn't fly out of New Jersey until 8.33 p.m. And at this time, weather conditions were pretty hazy. And John had just purchased this flight only three months before. And he, Wait, flight or plane? Oh, sorry, this plane. It's okay. a little prop plane, basically. Okay. Um, he had been interested in planes his whole life, by the way. Like, even mm. from as young as a toddler flying on Air Force One with his dad. Wow. Even the last time he ever even saw his dad was when he was taking off on the plane and he was mm. waving to his dad from the um, Termax. So planes were a lifelong obsession for John. and But he wasn't that experienced of a flyer. He had only 310 hours of flight experience. But because mm. he had this sense of fearlessness about him, he was a lot more reckless was than he, he probably Was he certified? He was certified, okay. yeah. Wow. So then at 8.40, the plane disappeared from radar screens, <gasps> but John never issued any emergency warnings during the flight or anything. And then at 2.15 a.m., the Kennedy family reported to the Coast Guard that the plane had not arrived, and the Coast Guard started a search and rescue effort at 4 a.m. Oh, my God. And then over the next couple of days, the tent that was erected for the wedding of Rory Kennedy became a site for friends and family to gather and pray for the safe return Ugh. of John, Lauren, uh, John, Carolyn, and her sister Lauren. Oh, my God. That's really, I mean, it's a tragedy for everyone, but that's really sad for Rory. I know. Like that, that would happen to the wedding. I know. Very sad. I know. I think That's they a had nightmare. her wedding a few months later. I know. Wow. It's awful. I know. Think of all the planning that goes into yeah. it. It's supposed to be the happiest day of your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. I know. And then, unfortunately, on July 19th, debris from the plane was found, including luggage and personal items floating in the Atlantic Ocean about seven and a half miles west of Martha's Vineyard. And then on July 21st, the wreckage of the plane, including the uh, engine, is located on the ocean floor at a depth of 120 feet. And then the bodies of Hmm. John, Carolyn, and Lauren were all recovered from the crash site. That's so tragic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's believed that the crash... So there was a whole investigation that lasted until March 2000, but it, oh my god, it sounds like I'm crying. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's believed that the crash happened around 9.40 after John became disoriented while flying over the ocean and was unable to maintain control of the plane. Oh my god, mm-hmm. that's so scary. Yeah. Uh. And it's speculated that it took him about only three minutes from realizing there was a problem until the plane had crashed. And it's really sad in her book, Carol Radswell says that she always thinks about that whenever anything takes three minutes. She's like... You know, wow. it's a segment on the news or something. It's, it's yeah. like whatever you can think of that takes three minutes. Like, that's how much life can change in that <sighs> short amount of a time. I feel like 
crashes often occur in private jets or planes or I small know. planes. I know. Well, it's I don't want to go on one. I mean, it makes me think about, like, Kobe Bryant. Like, yeah. A lot of celebrities fly all these, like, small planes all the time. And yeah. And they're so used to that ease of travel mm-hmm. that sometimes they might be putting themselves into dangerous, dangerous situations. Yeah. Flying in hazy conditions just for the convenience of it. I don't think John he wasn't an experienced enough pilot in order to like know what to do in a situation like that that's so sad and some people speculate that the stress and state of their marriage may have also been a contributing factor yeah maybe like he wasn't totally on it Mm -hmm. a little distracted Mm -hmm. yeah he had also just a few months before had broken his foot and he had a boot oh. on. But I don't know if he actually, he, his foot might have been a little bit recovered by the time the flight, like he was mm-hmm. cleared to fly. Mm-hmm. That could have also been a factor as well. Oh. Also, he had taken a shortcut or tried to take a shortcut. So rather than flying around the coast of Rhode Island, he went over a much larger open body of water. Oh. So it was a lot darker outside. <sighs> And also, they, so have, scary. they were supposed to fly out during the day. So it's mm-hmm. just so sad. Like, if all these things didn't have happened, they might yeah. still be around today. Oh. Uh, come on. I know. It's crazy because, I don't know, it seems like they probably would have gotten divorced, I if know. I had to guess. Yeah. But then it never happened. Do you know, like, at the time, I'm guessing the public perception was that they had, like, a great relationship. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, even that book that um, Rosemary wrote is called Fairytale Interrupted. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like people really saw this as, like, a prince and princess of America yeah. story. Ugh. But I, I do think that fight in Washington Square Park, like, was the first sign that there was trouble in their relationship. Mm-hmm. Tragic. But there was, I think, a lawsuit after the fact. I think her family did sue the Kennedy family. So that was one thing that made me wonder, like, is that why there's such negative stories about Carolyn out there? Like, mm. did they want to paint Carolyn as Maybe. this villain for some reason? Why did they sue? Like, on the basis of what? <laughs> I don't know enough like, about it. Like, what could the family have to do with, I mean, what can they do, you know? Yeah, I think they sued the estate mm. for, I don't know. Carolyn's like, life? Or but it's not like anyone else was involved. Wow. I don't know. Like, even, like, the Bryan family sued the estate of the pilot oh. who um, was hmm. flying the plane that killed Kobe. It's, it's a tough situation because, like, you want to find somebody responsible in a situation like that. But yeah. oftentimes, like, it is just an accident. And, yeah. I mean, it's not the grieving family's fault. I know. When both families lost somebody, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know. I'm glad I learned the whole story. I never really heard the whole thing. Wow. It's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> Some of these episodes end quite sadly, but mm-hmm. you know what? We're keeping them alive. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just good so to remember. tragic to think that their lives ended so abruptly, like, in the middle of all this drama. I know. Like, I mean... Ugh, I'm so scared now. Who knows, like, what their lives could have been. Like, they both... They could have gotten divorced, gone mm. separated. Like, they could have lived very independent lives. And yeah. she could have met somebody else. And it also is just sad that, like, she was so paranoid that people were gonna, 
like sell all these stories about her to the press yeah. and then they kind of did i know like you can see why she was paranoid yeah and then her fear of being like diana that's crazy yeah she did die young too mm-hmm. oh i know wait let me see how old she was she was just 33 years old mm. and i feel really bad for their parents too the Bassett parents yeah they lost two daughters that's that day so tragic mm-hmm. oh oh my god that's a nightmare i know why is life so cruel or carolyn Ca- caroline kennedy yeah. she had lost her mom her dad and then her brother wow poor caroline i know and apparently Caroline and John, like, weren't even on speaking terms at this point. I think because of all the tension with Caroline. Wow. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Why? Why is life so hard? I know. It's so cruel. But I can see why people want to believe that he's still alive. It's just such a tragic death. Mm. Like, yeah, it's so tragic. just a beautiful man, too. Yeah. Well, Mel, you did an amazing job. I felt like I was listening to a real story, you know, just flowed perfectly oh (laughs) i'm happy to hear that because guys i've had a really bad cough so i feel like my breathing hasn't been great this episode so mel has asthma Mm -hmm. Mm. feel bad for me (laughs) (laughs) i bet it does have to do with allergies i feel like everyone's been talking about how bad it's been lately well because it barely it didn't even snow here in new york so Mm. i feel like we've had a longer spring yeah which has elongated the allergy season so all that mucus has just been building up (laughs) my poor lungs they cannot take it oh hope it clears up soon no you did great wow so next week hopefully also i'll be breathing a little bit better next week uh there's also some scandal and salaciousness okay in next week's episode we're going a little international here we're going to bollywood i'll just tell you that. Ooh, that's a big hint okay and it's a relationship that is very much did they did they not scandal adultery (laughs) (laughs) all right if anyone has a guess let us know Mm -hmm. and we love you all thank you so much for supporting the podcast and we'll get back together next week is your heart